Good morning, good news. How many glad to be here today? Amen. Isn't this awesome? Hey, my name's Rick. I'm on staff here at Good News, so glad to have each of you. Just a couple of quick announcements to share with you. Number one, happy Mother's Day. All of you, we appreciate you so much, whether you're a mother, have been a mother, hope to be a mother, or glad you're not a mother. It's still your day. <laughs> and one of the things we're doing, a uh, couple things. Number one, keep in mind, uh, outside in the foyer, there's an opportunity to get your picture taken today, our gift to you. And also, the church is giving away free four uh, full sets of photography for you and your family. Uh, so what you need to do, you'll find a little paper. looks like this on the seat. Ladies, fill out your name, phone number. That's all you need to do. And then after the service, you can drop it in the basket or in the black boxes. Uh, if you're not able to do that, just give it to one of us, and we'll take care of that for you. And then uh, a couple of other things. Next Sunday is we're calling our small group Connect Sunday. Um, we're going to do a couple things different that we haven't done before. First of all, how many small group leaders do I have in the room right now? Awesome. Awesome. Isn't that great? We appreciate you so much. Hey, let me tell you something about small groups. COVID devastated us for a while. But guess what? Jesus is giving us the victory. I talked, I, I spoke with one leader this morning already that has two new people coming to their group. I'm hearing almost every week of people that's coming back to small group, and we are ready to move forward. So next week, we're going to give you an opportunity. Every small group will have a table set up in the foyer. Before, between, and after each service, you will have the opportunity to actually meet the small group leaders because other than that, we usually hand you a little paper with a picture and some stuff on it, and you're thinking, oh, man, that's scary. I'm not going over to their house. But this will get you an opportunity to meet them direct. And then after the second service next week, uh, small group ministry is going to provide a lunch for the entire church. So if you come to the early service next week, just plan on coming back around 1145. And Fresh Mex will be catering our lunch for us, and it will be an exciting time. Next and final, VBS. Yay, right? VBS, we are doing virtual again this year, and we're excited about that. And um, registration is now open. Go to goodnewsloves.com, our website. Click on register for VBS. Make sure you register for World Golf Village Campus, and they will follow up and be in contact with you. Okay? So keep in prayer, all of those things. Good news. Hey, we've got a lot of good news to share. We've got a lot going on. But the best news we have is the word of God. So with that, we'll ask our pastor to come and share. Thanks, Rick. Good morning. Glad you guys are all here this morning. Let's spend some time in prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we call upon you this morning, and we're thankful. We're thankful to have a place to gather and worship you, to have the opportunity to sing to one another and to you psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to you. Lord, thank you that you've given your Holy Spirit that we would have opportunity to, to make a big deal of you. Father, we ask that you would 
honor and bless and give joy and gladness to every mother and bring comfort and help and support to those who have lost mothers, who haven't been able to become mothers, but long to be. Lord, would you be their portion and help? And Father, would you bring comfort to those who have said goodbye to mothers in the year, this past year, Lord, many, many are heartbroken over the loss of mothers. Lord, would you draw near to them? And Father, we ask that you would encourage all of us with your word this morning. May the gospel go out and, and may we find great help in what your word says to us. We pray that you would help the one who speaks and help all who hear to be ministered to by your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you, if you have a Bible, grab it, turn to Acts chapter 16, and uh, the passage that we're going to look at this morning starts in verse 6 of Acts chapter 16. It'll be on the screen as well. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and on the day following to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We were staying in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. We sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. She prevailed upon us. Then verse 40. They went out from the prison and entering the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. This is God's word. Now Calvin, I mean not John Calvin, the other Calvin, the funny Calvin, he got it right. Calvin in this cartoon, he, he said, oh man, nobody better mess with me today, boy. Maybe you felt this way this morning. Well, here you go. I got you a new comic book. Why don't you just sit on the couch and I'll make you some peanut butter crack, uh, cook crackers. If, are you comfy? Mom knows everything. Moms do know everything. It's an important day to say thank you to moms. Moms know everything. Where would any of us be without a mother? 
nowhere. Every year on Mother's Day, we go to God's Word and, and we pick one extraordinary woman from Scripture to look at. And this year, we're going to look at Lydia. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you're a mom, I want you to be encouraged by what we're going to learn this morning. But listen, what you're going to learn this morning can encourage any of us. Because being a mom is hard. Being a mom is really hard. We, we need to encourage moms. But we all need to be encouraged from Scripture because, listen, life can be tough. But I have good news for you. Jesus pursues us. He is after us. He is for us. And he wants us to be encouraged this morning from this passage. Not only moms, but everyone in the house can be encouraged by the life of Lydia. Now, if, if you're about to have a child, maybe you're going to have a girl, and you're thinking, what could I name my daughter? Lydia would be a great choice. Because Lydia is only in three verses in the Bible. She shows up. She does everything right. She doesn't mess up at all. And then she disappears. Choose your heroes carefully. I've been so disappointed over the years by so many of my heroes. Now I choose dead heroes. They can't blow it right at the finish line. Listen, Lydia is a great hero of the Bible. We're going to look at three things this morning about Lydia. The good, the bad, and the beautiful. You thought I was going to say ugly. I wouldn't do that on Mother's Day. The good, the bad, and the beautiful. So what's the good? Well, the good is that Jesus pursues Lydia. He sends a church planting team from <coughs> Achaia, uh, Antioch. He sends a church planting team from the church at Antioch to Macedonia. And it's not where they wanted to go. They wanted to go to Asia. But instead, they find the Holy Spirit keeping them from going to Asia and instead going to Macedonia. And they arrive in Philippi, where they meet Lydia. Verse 14, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. The gospel is advancing. The gospel is going out. And churches are being planted. And the Holy Spirit is behind this movement of the gospel that's going throughout the whole known world. And Paul is, wants to see churches planted. He wants to go to Asia, but he can't. He goes to Macedonia. And what does he find when he arrives in Macedonia? He finds a woman named Lydia. Who's, where is she from? She's from Thyatira. She's from Asia. The very place Paul wanted to go to preach the gospel but couldn't, he now meets this woman who's from Asia, but he meets her in Macedonia. Isn't that just the way God is? God has a plan. Jesus is pursuing his people. Jesus is pursuing us. 
a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, and it says she's a seller of purple fabrics. Thyatira in Asia was known to be a place where purple fabrics were manufactured, and then this woman Lydia has taken her fabrics and she's, she started an import-export company. She takes her fabrics from Asia to Macedonia along the same route that the gospel is now going. Now, Michael Green, who's a historian of the church, Michael Green says this, that if Jesus had been born half a century earlier, then the movement of Christianity would have never gotten off the ground. Now, it's giving too much credit to Rome. It's giving too much credit to what we can see with our eyes, but he has a point. And the point is this, that Christianity, the message of the gospel, was able to spread throughout the world so rapidly on the very trade routes and roads that had been established by Rome. And those trade routes are the routes upon which Lydia now is starting her import-export business of purple fabrics, and, but the gospel is running along the same routes. And it's been that way throughout history. William Carey, missionary to India. When he wanted the gospel to go to India, how did he get there? Through the Indian Tea Company, through the trade companies formed by the British Empire. The, tr the same import-export company that took wares back and forth from India to Britain, the same ones were used for the gospel. God is always on the move. God is always working, and so it is today. God is always working. He can work through your business. He can work through your life because Jesus is always pursuing people. He's pursuing us. It says that Lydia was a worshiper of God. So not only is she industrious, but she's a worshiper of God. That means that it's likely she was a Gentile convert to Judaism. We don't know what attracted her to become a follower of the God of the Bible, but she has now become a worshiper of God. And as all the worshipers of God in Philippi would have come together, the Jewish and the Gentile converts would have come together on the Sabbath in this place of prayer. This place of prayer. Now that would be the term used to describe any synagogue, but since there weren't enough Jewish men in the city of Philippi, they would have not had a physical building, a synagogue, but they would have gone to a place of prayer. Typically, they would have looked for a place along a riverside where they would have access to the water for their purification rites, and they would have come together every Sabbath to open the scriptures. And if there was anyone present who was a rabbi or a teacher, that person would be invited to speak. And so Paul goes intentionally to the prepared people. Lydia was a prepared person. She knew the God of the Bible. She knew the stories of the Bible. She was interested in spiritual things. And so Paul goes to this place of prayer to find prepared people. Jesus is pursuing people through the message of the gospel. A worshiper of God and it says she was listening. Listen, faith comes by 
hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? Paul understands in his philosophy of ministry, he understands that faith comes by hearing. And so he's always talking. He's always talking. But this person, Lydia, she leans in. She listens. She's paying attention. And as she's paying attention to what Paul is saying, the good, the good is that she's a prepared person. The good is that she's a person who's giving herself to reading and studying and seeking to understand Scripture. That's the good. She's an industrious person. She's a hardworking person. All good. What's the bad? Well, the bad is what's true of all of us. It says that the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. The Lord opened her heart. Well, why did he have to open her heart? She seems like such a good person. She's hardworking. She's disciplined. She's industrious. She's entrepreneurial. Seems like God would just love her for loving her. No, she has a bad heart, just like all of us. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful. And it's the same for Lydia. All of her industry, all of her entrepreneurship, all of her interest in spiritual things, yes, it prepared her for the gospel, but it doesn't save her. The bad news of the gospel for you and for me and for Lydia is that she needs a savior. And the good news of the gospel is that a savior has come and he's ordered all of her life to bring about this conversation with this itinerant missionary church planter named Paul at a riverside outside of Philippi. Are you a Christian this morning? If you are, it's because God ordered all of your life and brought about the exact circumstances so that you would hear the gospel. And when you heard the gospel, your heart was opened. Your heart was opened to what Jesus Christ had done. Now, I grew up in the church. I attended church every week my whole life. I was always going to church. My family was very involved in church. But, you know, I thought I never heard about Jesus. I thought, man, what's wrong with this church? Nobody ever told me about Jesus. I went away to college. This man told me about Jesus. He invited me to respond and put my trust in Jesus. And I said, yes, I need a Savior. I'll put my trust in Jesus. And then I thought, what was the matter with my church? Why didn't they tell me about Jesus? And then I went back to my church. And all of a sudden, all I heard about was Jesus. They were talking about Jesus the whole time. But I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it until the Lord opened my heart to respond to the things that were spoken. How about you? Are you a Christian this morning? A Christian isn't somebody who's industrious or entrepreneurial. It isn't somebody who's interested in spiritual things. A Christian is a person whose heart has been opened to the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel has bad news that we've all sinned. 
against God. And were God to treat us as our sins deserve, the wages that we deserve for our sin is death. To be separated from God and everything good forever. Oh, but the good news of the gospel is this, that though the wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That Jesus Christ has done everything necessary to make you beautiful to God and to others. Oh, the the beautiful thing about Lydia, the beautiful thing about a Christian isn't her life, and it isn't the Christian's life. It's Jesus. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. The Lord opened her heart and she responded. That word respond, the Greek word respond is used elsewhere in scripture to describe something negative, an addiction. She got hooked on Jesus. She took Jesus into the very center of her life. Oh, it it wasn't just, meh, take it or leave it. Seems pretty good. I might as well. No, 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 no. She took Jesus into the very center of who she was. She identified fully with the truth that she was a sinner and in big trouble. She identified completely with the truth that Jesus had done it all to make her beautiful. And she took it into her life. And Jesus began to change everything. Look at verse 15. When she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Lydia. Lydia begins to live the beautiful life. She becomes a follower of Jesus. She becomes a follower of Jesus. And a follower of Jesus has Three great loves. A follower of Jesus loves Jesus first and foremost. Jesus became the most important thing in her life. And she evidences her new faith in Christ through taking on herself the sign and seal of her saving faith, baptism. Not only is she baptized, but verse 15 is another example in the book of Acts of a household baptism. That not only is she baptized, what is baptism? Baptism is the washing with water, symbolizing the cleansing that Jesus brings to us, the forgiveness of sins, and picturing, in baptism, picturing the coming of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus hasn't left us alone, but he's given the Holy Spirit. And so in baptism, the thing that's signified is pointing to Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And Lydia is baptized. But not only is Lydia baptized because of her faith in Christ, her whole household is baptized. Understanding the Bible is one story from beginning to end. In the one story of the Bible, God saves people in communities. God saves Abraham, and he gives Abraham a sign, circumcision. And he says, this is for you and for your children. So when you come to the New Testament, the same thing happens with baptism. 
the sign of baptism replaces circumcision, but households still receive the sign. Not only believing parents, in this case Lydia, but also the children and all in the household of Lydia receive the sign of baptism. That's my story. When I was eight years old, my mother had contracted breast cancer. She had breast cancer before I was born, but then it came back. I'm eight years old. My mother has breast cancer, and it's not good. But she has a brother, and my uncle came to faith in Christ at a Billy Graham crusade, and he began to pray for my mother. My mother did not know Christ when I was born. She was not following Christ when I was born. My brother led her to faith in Christ, and when she had saving faith in Jesus Christ, she wanted nothing more than for her son to know the truth of the gospel. So when my mother put faith in Christ, she had me baptized as a household baptism, and I began to hear the gospel. But as I told you earlier, it took many, many, many more years for the same faith that had captured the heart of my mother to become my faith. But when I was baptized at eight, what was pictured in my baptism when I came to faith in Christ later in life, I looked back on my baptism and I celebrated that Jesus had been true to his promise to my mother that he would be a God to her and to her children. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be able to look back and remember my mother's saving faith that Jesus Christ really did change everything. For it wasn't long after my baptism that my mother did die. But I have the sure and certain hope that I'll see her again and we'll be together for all eternity. Not because my mother's good, not because I'm good, but because Jesus Christ pursues us. He pursued my mother, and he pursued me. And what is pictured in my baptism was brought to reality in the moment I put my trust in Jesus. He's enabled me to live as a baptized person all these years. Do you have a story like that? Do you have a story like that of the saving love of Jesus the saving mercy of Jesus, that Jesus has pursued you. He chased you down at just the right time. He brought just the right person into your life. For my mother, it was her brother. For me, it was another student on the campus of Presbyterian College. Who was it for you? Listen, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, there is salvation in no other name. The opportunity for you today is to turn from your sin and put your trust in Christ alone. He's pursuing you. Do you sense your need of him? He's pursuing you. Won't you trust him? Won't you transfer your trust from yourself to Jesus? And listen, if you've put your trust in him, then Jesus wants to change everything. Lydia, everything changed for Lydia. She's baptized. Then she says, come stay at my house. 
I not only want to love Jesus, but I want to love the people around me. Paul, you've given me so much. You've given me the gospel. I want you to come and stay at my house. Not just you, everybody, come and stay. She wants to love the church. How did that happen? Look at this phrase. If you have judged me to be faithful. If you look at my life and you see evidence of Jesus in my life, then you come and stay with me. Do you see a miracle in that phrase? This is a religious woman. This is an entrepreneurial leader. This is a person who's used to being at the top. She now says, I'm willing to go low. Judge me. Evaluate me. That's a miracle. That's grace. Lydia, Lydia doesn't have to be in charge. She's now willing to serve. Religious people, religious people don't naturally take the low position unless grace moves into their life. Oh, but when grace moves in, Lydia says, I don't need to be in charge. I'm willing to be judged. I'm willing to be served. I'm willing to take the low position. I'm willing to love. I want to love the people around me. She be, loves Jesus. She loves others within the church. And she loves the lost. She wants everyone in her household. She wants everyone in her city. She wants everyone around her to come to know who Jesus is. She loves the lost. Jesus Christ moves into Lydia's life, and he can move into your life and my life, and he can change everything. He really, really can. So what's next? Well, that's what I want for you this week. This week, what I want for you is to begin to pray every day, Jesus, help me take the next step. Jesus, help me take the next step with you. What's the next step? Jesus, you've moved into my life. You haven't just moved into my life to, to save me now so that one day, someday, I'll go be with you in heaven. No, Jesus has moved into your life so that he can begin a great adventure in your life now. He wants you to take the next step with him and the next step and the next step. What's the next step for you? Pray. Ask Jesus. Jesus, what's the next step for me? What's the next step for me in love for you? Jesus, help me to love you. Help me to spend time with you every day. Listen, on your chairs when you came in, you noticed our study for the month of May. Listen, tomorrow morning, what would happen if you prayed, Jesus, help me to take the next step, and you open Scripture. And four days this week, you use the study as a guide to Open scripture each day. And if you'll just turn over two pages from where you are in the message notes, you'll see that we're starting a new book of the Bible. It's the book of Acts. It's a great chance for you, all of you, to jump in, grab a study, and jump into scripture to ask Jesus, Jesus, show me the next step. Show me the next step as I learn to love you by spending time with you. Won't you do that this week? Jesus, help me to take the next step in loving one another. Help me to take the next step in loving your church. Won't you show up next week? 
Won't you find one of the tables with one of the small groups there? And won't you introduce yourself? I know it's scary. But won't you try to step into a biblical community? Won't you try to step into a small group? Listen, there's only two kinds of people in the world. Those who, those who are in desperate need and those who will be soon. We all need Jesus and we all need one another. Won't you take a step? Ask Jesus, Jesus, what's the next step for me in loving one another? And then show up next week and introduce yourself to one of the small groups and go visit. Come next week and, and come to the lunch. Come next week and, and meet a small group and spend time with a small group. It'll make that first small group experience that much easier. That's why we're doing it, to help you take a next step with Jesus, to love him, to love one another, and then love the lost. Jesus, what's the next step for me in loving the lost? Because it wasn't just about Philippi. Lydia, in verse 40, she sends them all on their way with encouragement, with support. Prayers, yes. Finances, probably. She sends them on their way to the next city. And they leave Philippi and they go to Thessalonica and Berea and Ephesus and Corinth. And the mission of the gospel goes and grows and churches are planted. What's the next step for you? Loving the lost. Won't you ask Jesus? Jesus, what's the next step for me? Is it to open my home for a vacation Bible school in my backyard? To introduce the kids in my neighborhood to Jesus? Is it to step into praying for our student ministry as they prepare for their middle school experience this summer? Is it to step into leading a small group? Is it to begin to pray for your neighborhood? Is it to begin to share with your coworkers? Is it to learn the gospel, to be able to share the gospel with others? What's the next step for you? Why don't you ask Jesus? Jesus, help me take the next step to love you, to love one another, to love the lost. There's so much encouragement for us to know that Jesus took the first step. He left heaven and came to earth. And he pursued us. Oh, moms, Jesus is crazy about you. I know it's hard. Folks that are heartbroken over losing moms or having never been a mom, I know it's hard. Jesus is crazy about you. He's pursued you. You say, how do I know he's pursued me? He's pursued you all the way to the cross. Now, ascended to heaven, he's praying for you. And he's ordering all your life to bring you to a place of saving faith. Has that happened? It can. And he's ordered your life, and he's changing everything in your life so that you can love him and love one another and love the lost. He really, really is. And how do I know? He's poured out his Holy Spirit. He's given us the gospel. He's given us the church. He's given us the truth of his word. Oh, dear people, Jesus is pursuing you. Why don't you ask him this week what your next step is? Let's pray.
Jesus, you did it all. You're the beautiful one. You're the one who has saved us and, and loved us and pursued us. Thank you. Jesus, I pray that if there's any here this morning or watching online and, and they've never put their trust in you, that Jesus, would you open their heart to respond to what's been shared this morning? Would you open their heart and enable them to say to you, Lord Jesus, I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Forgive me all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my life as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. Jesus, all of us, Holy Spirit, would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts now? Jesus, would you this week show us what our next step is? Walking with you all the days of our life, bearing much fruit for your glory. I pray in your name. Amen.